0: Up and Adam in the morning lives
1: here. The Crush 92.5. You're home for Up and Adam in the morning. It is The Crush 92.5, Adam Montiel. So, mention how we went for three nights, three days. Would that be three nights or four days? We spent three nights in the Cuyama Buckhorn. Had a great time. We have the owner on uh, a little bit earlier in the week. We have another segment with him coming up. We wanted to kind of get out and see what was going on in the area. We have some interviews to share about that as well. It's kind of cool. One gentleman, Steve Gleesman, met him and his wife, Robbie, who they have a dry farm situation off the grid. They're growing some really interesting stuff, including olives, wine. They're doing it all. Doing it all off the grid. Really interesting. Check this out.
0: Yeah, we're in the Kuyama Valley. And the little town here is the New Kuyama. New and you are it's literally the- off the grid here, Steve. Yep, completely off the grid. No, No electricity into the canyon. So... Like I say, we've been solar since 1998. Well, on the, there's about a
1: five mile drive once we get off the 166, and it's just literally pristine earth,
0: 360 degrees around you. It's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so one of the last homestead areas in California. People came in here in the 1913, 1917, and homesteaded. Yeah. Wow. And some of those families still have the land.
1: Now, it's so cool. And just to hear the connection to the Central Coast when we were going through your head trained Zinfandel, we'll talk about all the fruits you do, but, um, a mentor to you, Benito Ducey. And right. there was a lot of aspects of the planting and of the winemaking and of the whole story here that was really um, kind of instrumental to some of the stuff you learned from
0: Benito. Yeah, no, he we would drive back and forth from Santa Cruz to here because we had our home up there and jobs and all that. But uh, we'd see his vineyard. And Robbie kept saying, well, there's the little farmhouse down there. Just go in there and talk to him. And I said, no, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to bother him. So once she finally convinced me to take down his his Postal address off his mailbox, and I sent a little note saying, "Could we stop in and talk to you?" And he sends back this little handwritten note: "Sure, top in any st- stop in any time." And from then on, every time we went back and forth, we'd stop in and spend some time with him, and uh, asking questions and working with him in the field, and just really learning what he had grown up doing, you know, and uh, and adapting it to our little place here.
1: So how many acres do we got here? What are we planting? And what were some of those tenets that you learned from Benito Ducey?
0: We have 20 acres here altogether, but only five acres is in grapes and olives. Head-trained, dry-farmed, organically grown. So uh, the thing that Benito really, really sort of trained us to do, I guess, you know, or gave us ideas of what to do, was just around the whole idea of working with nature, working with the rainfall, we're working with the seasons, you know, kind of making it all sort of in balance. And and he just – and and also make it a work of art because what he did with his vineyards there are beautiful.
1: You were an agroecology professor, mm-hmm. and it kind of all fell into what you and Robbie and are doing here. It's so cool. Yeah. No, we – I've always
0: sort of felt, you know, if I can't do it, how can I teach it? So, yeah. But we love to farm. We always have. And I've farmed elsewhere and other kinds of crops. And actually – For a while, grew Dry Farm Tomatoes in Santa Cruz County. (laughs) So we're doing um, a few different varietals
1: of wine. Of course, we've heard of Shiraz. We tasted your wines fantastic. Loved the Zinfandel. Uh, We got a couple Dry Farm Zins that we tasted. But you have this uh, Pedro Jimenez and some other stuff that's very interesting. Talk about them.
0: Yeah, the Pedro Jimenez is a white grape from southern Spain, from Andalusia, that's used to make sherry. And I saw it there one time being grown on these dry, hot hillsides, terrible soils, head trained just like ours. And, you know, we never thought we'd be able to find a white grape that we could grow under these extreme conditions. Well, seeing those told me we could. And we, we got some cuttings that we've been able to turn into an acre's worth. And it produces this most wonderful dry mineral minerality in, in, the, in the finish and a body to the white that's just really unusual. And
1: Well, uh, we were so taken by, you do about a day of skin contact,
0: mm-hmm. get a little bit
1: of those white phenols, some of that mouthfeel. That's really neat too. Yeah.
0: And that mouthfeel just fills the mouth, wraps around the tongue, stays in the mouth. Really, really nice stuff.
1: Talk about the clusters of these pedrohumanas. I'm looking at some of the pictures that you showed yeah. me. They look like they'll go all the way down your arm almost. Like <laughs> they look
0: like from your elbow down to your palm. Yeah, they're wonderful. Just big, luscious grapes that in a dry place like this, you ask yourself, where are they getting the water? Well, these grapes, now that we've really been able to do DNA fingerprinting, they came from central uh, the Mediterranean area, Persia, out on the Arabian Peninsula. That's where they're traced back to genetically, and it explains why they do so well under these hot, dry conditions.
1: Have you been, you know, I know you had Moved here a little while ago. We took that out. We have a few things here. Are there been other, some other varietals that you thought of playing with here yeah. or maybe wanted to get into?
0: Yeah, actually, I've uh, got cuttings off of Santa Cruz Island from the old vineyards that were planted out there in the 1880s. And it was, there were just a few plants that survived the, the abandonment after Prohibition. And uh, I found a big giant trunk must have been, you know, six inches, eight inches across growing up in a willow tree down in the draw. And I made some cuttings of it and it turned out to be an old mission grape. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. How old school is that? Yeah. And so we now have a good number of them. And, uh, you know, they're halfway between a red and a white grape and they have really high sugar content. Well, we throw them into our rosé. Just okay. a little touch. Oh, yeah. so you
1: make a rosé too? Yes, we do. And yeah. you do that with, what, the secondary
0: uh, Zin Yeah, the secondary or- Zin primarily, but we would always throw a little of the Moved in, and now the Mission we throw in as well.
1: The voice of Steve Gleesman of Condor's Hope in the Nukuyama Valley. Really interesting situation he's got going on. We'll uh, revisit with him coming up in just a second. It's Up and Atom in the Morning. It's The Crush 92.5. You're home for Up and Adam in the Morning. It is The Crush 92.5, continuing with our conversation with Condor's Hope. They are a winery off the grid, dry farm vineyard in the Cuyama Valley. We met Robbie and uh, her partner, uh, Steve here, and just chatting about uh, the winery itself. Yeah. Now You said we're about a 500 cases here and um, 100% direct-to-consumer, With besides a little exception of what we give to the Buckhorn, right. which we're staying at the Buckhorn. What a cool spot.
0: It is a nice spot, and they've been wonderful in terms of promoting local farms and local businesses that have to do with agriculture uh and they're they're really pushing a whole farm to table program and during the the pandemic they kept their supplies coming into the restaurant even though the restaurant wasn't open they repackaged things, basic things like rice and beans and salt and sugar and make it available for people in the community like Thank a least. pantry or it a little pantry. it was wow yeah and and then local farms there are a couple of local farms that uh, you know, grow vegetables, fruits, uh, chickens, eggs, that kind of stuff that we also depend upon. And so we're the, we're the wine olive oil side of all that, developing a local food system here in the Cuyama. Now, you've been here since the 90s, off the grid since the 90s, and the water here is
1: just pure and beautiful. You were talking about some of the, um, the little teeny bit of water through the drip irrigation that these grapes do get when they need it. Right. Um, was able to. I mean, you this is the same drip irrigation that you've had since the
0: '90s, right? And the, you know, our water is so clean that those little emitters are still working right along. They're not plugged up. They're not clogged. They just they work really fine. What are you seeing of late as far as the evolution of you know, the
1: Cuyama Valley? I mean, obviously it's cool. The Buckhorn is doing what they're doing. It's got this, you know, old school motor lodge with mm-hmm. this mid-century modern feel with a new mm-hmm. vibe to it. That's done in a classy way it's very comfortable and i mean i think you could be seeing this kind of re this resurgence of of this area
0: yes and really focused on what this area is as a as a unique location in california and so all of the things that the buckhorn promotes and people in the community are beginning to development is is a local not just food system but a local enterprise you know when you think about the things that that can happen in a little valley like this with maybe three or 4,000 people at the most.
1: Right. The name of the brand is called uh,
0: Condor's Hope. Where did the name come from? When we first started planting back in 1995, they had just started releasing the captive bred California condor back to the wild. And one of the first release sites was just a few miles to the east of us. And they'd actually fly over while we were doing some of the initial planting. And it kind of gave us the name for for the vineyard, the idea of Condor's Hope thinking, if there's hope for the condor, there's hope for us. I like that a lot, Steve. Uh, Steve and Robbie are here.
1: And you'll do tastings for people all
0: the time, yeah? Whenever we're here, we do past- tastings just by appointment. And, uh, you know, you can get on on the web, web at uh, condorshope.com.
1: You know, I remember being a kid and hearing all about the California condor and the conservation and all the efforts they were doing. Uh, where does the California condor, do you know where it sits now? I mean, is it fine?
0: Well, it's back up from zero in the wild to over I think the last number I heard just a couple weeks ago is 537 birds in the wild now, and they're nesting, they're laying eggs, they're raising young, you know. But they're not out of the woods yet because uh, you know the habitat's been so changed and so disturbed, and also the big issue that they face is lead, lead poisoning in the in the dead things they eat, that gets into them, and the smallest amount of lead will take them under.
1: Before we wrap, let's talk about the soil here. We're walking down your head-trained vineyards and down the rows, 10 by 10 spacing that you got from Benito Ducey, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's like real sandy, beautiful soils. It's a nice
0: sandy loam. It does have a nice enough content of clay that it'll hold water, and hold organic matter very nicely. And it works up nicely with just a little bit of rainfall. We can get on this soil within a day or two after a rainfall if, and uh, start working it. It's so, so easy to work. And it and it's porous. It lets the roots go really deep after the water, and that's our it drains as, good. Yeah, drains well, but holds water too. Yeah, right. That Interesting. And like I said, about half of that space in there in a, in, a, in the soil is where the water is. Stored.
1: Yeah, you made that great analogy of like picturing like a big jar of uh, marbles.
0: Right, and in between the marbles there's all that space. Yes, that's just like a soil, and that space when it rains fills with water. Yeah, and the secret of a dry farm system is to not let that water evaporate back to the air in the summertime when we when we don't get any rain. And instead, cultivate and create a dry layer of soil that I call a dust mulch that actually seals that moisture in. It's a mulch of soil on top of the wet soil below.
1: And you were saying in some of these years, you can actually, with your hand, yeah. dig about six, seven inches in, and you will feel that ultimate moistness yep. in that soil. It's still there, right even
0: in a hot, dry summer of the Cuyama Valley. Yeah.
1: Well, it was so much fun to meet you, to walk through the vineyards with you. I really encourage people who are listening to come and, and check out what Robbie and Steve got going on. Condor's Hope, we tasted. We, we took a couple of bottles home with the Pedro Jimenez, uh, the Zim, the Shiraz. Also, I'm not a big olive person. She loved the olives. I can't wait to get a bottle of your olive oil.
0: It's in you're the doing box. A, it's you, in the box. You're doing a lot of here. <laughs> yep. It, uh, it's, our, it's been our passion for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, we really love doing what we're doing. It's and really cool sharing it with folks.
1: So. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to meet with us here. I really enjoyed meeting you, Steve. Meeting you too, Adam. CondorsHope.com. We're at Condors Ranch in the Cuyama Valley.
0: Up and Adam in
1: the morning. With Adam on Peel. Weekday mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. The Crush
0: 92.5. The perfect blend.